0: Welcome to Caffeinated Theology. We are excited for today's show as we continue our discussion on the Holy Spirit. A few of the things that we're going to discuss today, we will talk about um, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Does he speak subtly? Um, does he speak more specifically? We're going to kind of talk about that in our conversation today. Um, we'll also continue to, to discuss um, why maybe people shy away from talking about or teaching on the Holy Spirit Um, One of the big questions we're going to tackle today um, is how to deal with when we hear people say the Holy Spirit led them to do something or to say something or believe something that is contrary to what is in Scripture, and also how to correct those things in love. Uh, So that's what we will be discussing today. We are reviewing coffee from Great Commission Coffee Roasters, and we are joined by our friend Dr. Danny Price. So uh, stay tuned for Caffeinated Theology, and we look forward to discussing God's Word with you today. Discussing Theological Truths for Biblical Living. Reviewing featured coffee roast and premium brewing techniques, this is the Caffeinated Theology Podcast, bringing you biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee.
1: Well, welcome to Caffeinated Theology uh, episode number six. We are in season three. Uh, season three has been devoted... Uh, mostly to the study of the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we have taken some, maybe uh, some rabbit trails here and there, but that's all in good conversation. Uh, Today we are going to be looking at the Holy Spirit as far as the Holy Spirit leading, guiding that aspect, and uh, we'll talk about some things as to um, why people don't, study the holy spirit we'll kind of continue on that uh, that topic for a little bit Uh, today uh, we have with us mr danny price who'll be joining us on the podcast we've had a little bit of a break uh, because um, we've had a few things happen in our lives and so as life happens uh, we can't always rush to do a podcast so uh, here we are today episode number six joined by danny price Welcome, Danny. Um, why don't you just give our listeners just a little bit of uh, a background as uh, maybe, maybe a few minutes as to uh, how you come to know the Lord and maybe how you used um, your vocation as an avenue for, for ministry.
2: Okay, well, uh, if you're from Martin County, like I am, you may uh, know me as Dr. Price. I don't really know that guy anymore. <laughs> I'm a retired dentist now, working on six years after 44 years. Uh, but I'm a Martin County native. My wife I was born in Martin County. I went away to school, got educated, et cetera. And it's very interesting, Larry mentioned about uh, my testimony. Uh, we grew up, my wife and I, going to church, but never really experienced uh, being born again, being regenerated, whatever, uh, And uh, some events happened in my life uh, that sort of alienated me from God. And by the time we came to Williamston at 26 years old, uh, we were doing a startup dental practice and a pastor moved in next door. I said, oh my goodness, that's what I need, somebody to look over my shoulder. Uh, But anyway, as time went by over a few weeks, we just kind of developed a little relationship and uh, finally he asked us to... uh, Come to a church service, and the Holy Spirit is obviously doing a work of conviction in our hearts because our eyes were open to what grace was. I'm a just type A personality, driven, got to get it right, right now. A perfectionist. Uh, all of those things are great for being a dentist, but for out in the real world living, it's, it's pretty stressful. And for the first time, I realized that uh, no, you're not perfect. You don't need to be perfect, and that Jesus Christ died for my sins, and mm-hmm. when I trust in that fully, all my sins are taken care of, and He's inviting me into a, a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've been building on that, and uh, my wife got saved uh, a few weeks after that, and then so far as dealing with people in the public, you know, seeing thirty people a day and the interchange there. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, i had opportunity to share Christ with people, uh get to know people, uh pray for things in their life, those kind of things. And uh and now here at Piney Grove, uh they allow me to teach some uh Sunday <laughs> school class. Yeah, I see people enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. And uh we have a little small group Bible study in our home. Mm-hmm. Uh Trying to bridge a gap with the, uh, a different generation that were with all the technology now, uh, the world's different. Uh, how can we apply the gospel to that? You know, I have three children in their 40s, have eight grandchildren. Uh, you know, as I told somebody, heck, now when a baby's born, they got a cell phone in their hand coming down the birth canal. Well, that was a little different than the way I was raised on the farm. Mm-hmm. But but how do you incorporate the gospel into that? Uh, yeah. how, how do you give meaning to life mm-hmm. when, when you have that? Uh, right. So that's challenging, but that's sort of the okay. – as Jeannie and I are winding down our life, we want to just share our experiences and, you know, whatever way that goes.
1: Right. Well, good. Uh, we're glad to have you with us today. We're glad to have you serving next to us in uh, this local – the local church settings. So it's been a blessing uh, seeing how the Lord has used you and and has, grown, has helped to grow this church. All right, so today we're going to move our conversation as far as uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. I think we've asked every <clears throat> guest we've had on, at least in regards to this season, this question. So I'm going to ask you this also, Danny. Um, why do you think it is that people shy away from studying the Holy Spirit or uh, investing a lot of time in, in knowing what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit? Why do you think it is people shy away from that?
2: Well, when you start talking about just the word spirit, uh, you know, it's sort of mystical, hard mm-hmm. to put your finger on. It's not material. And uh, I think people misunderstand that. Maybe they're a little bit afraid of it. Maybe mm-hmm. they've heard about miraculous things that were attributed to the Spirit, uh, those kind of things, and, and, and I agree with you, people do shy away from it, mm-hmm. uh, maybe from ignorance and yeah. a little bit of fear and not quite knowing how to handle that. I mean, you read about Jesus doing healings, and then in the early church, things that went on, and we wonder, is, is that for now? or you know, There's a lot yeah. of questions there.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. it's what some people consider maybe an otherworldly kind of thinking about God um, in the sense of spirit. And sometimes I just think it is, we, we said this many times before, but people don't want to get close to the other end. So like charismatic, Pentecostal, right. don't want to be associated with, with, uh, with the type of people that have a <clears throat> more radical view uh, of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, speaking the spirit—that kind of yeah. I saw kind of a,
0: thing. a little Facebook debate going on this morning about that, and it made me think about kind of the conversations we've been having. Of uh, somebody had posted, uh, actually, it was Casey, uh, who's been on the podcast with with us, had posted something just about uh, how our culture and church has drifted really away from from the Bible being. Uh, being kind of the authority. Uh I think most people if you ask them in the church if they believe the Bible, they'll say, Yeah, I believe the Bible. But the post was kind of about how the practice has become more of uh people will tend to ignore some things the Bible say if it doesn't line up with mm-hmm. with their uh desires and Absolutely. and and all of yeah. that. And <laughs> somehow somebody out of that got a got speaking in tongues from out of that. And kinda to me that kinda almost showed that they already know in their heart that they're reaching on the the practices that they're using in speaking in tongues. If they got that out of uh, Mm -hmm. you know the church has drifted drifted from the Bible to self (laughs) and uh, um, just watching the the debate back and forth uh, you know they used uh, Holy Spirit Spirit filled Holy Spirit and, and they were attaching it to these things that just aren't necessarily biblical. Mm-hmm. And, we say that. I hear people yeah, say that all the time, spirit-filled. And, uh-huh. and I, know, I know for me, uh, I I try to kind of be careful when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit that we stay biblical mm-hmm. and not be misconstrued with, with maybe what some more charismatic uh, ideas of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit are. So that's kind of something I've talked about throughout the season yeah. when we pondered that is I know as far as teaching in the church uh, we 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 kind of have this we want to take care not to be associated with something that's kind of mainstream a mainstream misteaching if that makes sense right but it, mm-hmm. it, but we don't need to neglect it either so
1: yeah yeah that's really kind of the core of why we started this podcast for one thing is um what we saw was there's was a disconnect in the church with with uh, with sound teaching you know and their and their membership within the local body mm-hmm. what i mean by that is we've had some folks who would go to another church um, leave this church go to another church that believes what what we have considered almost borderline heresy as far as works based mm-hmm. salvation mm-hmm. is concerned to me that's heretical you add works to salvation to me that is that's heretical and yeah. so I agree. <clears throat> We've had, but having people drift to those churches without ever thinking really about why they're leaving is really why we started the podcast. And we wanted to make it theolo- theology as a practical thing. But yeah, the Holy Spirit is one of those things where people will, um, when it becomes pragmatic to them, you know, means to an end kind of thing, they'll gravitate to these radical teachings of the Holy Spirit. We just need to be spirit filled and we not. I had a, I had a person tell me I don't I don't ever read commentaries I rely on the Holy Spirit. Wow, yeah. I don't ever read commentaries. Or well, really what you're doing is when you have a, when you have a commentary, it's like you're having a con- not really having a literal conversation, but you're conversating with the authors, who who over the years mm-hmm. you have stood on their shoulders, you know, of these men who have studied. I think of uh, John Calvin, Jonathan Edwards. You know, these men who have invested their life to knowing what the Bible teaches. Yeah. And so you're just going to say, away with all that. The Holy Spirit didn't lead them. Yeah. No, that's, that's not right. And, it, well, <laughs> and, you know,
0: that statement sounds nice. Uh, you know, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. It sounds nice. And it reminds me of uh, something I read in a bulletin at a, a church from a different denomination. Um, I had been asked to go help somebody sing. At this church, and the whole back page of the uh, the bulletin essentially said we don't hold to any creeds, any man-made philosophies, any uh, any statements of faith, anything like that. Um, We only adhere to the Bible. I was like, that sounds great, (laughs) but this is a creed. What you're saying, what you wrote right here, Mm -hmm. and and in this idea of, is I only am led by the Spirit. Well, you know, the, as believers, we are led by the Spirit. But uh, any time anybody says something uh, yeah. about the Word, about the Bible, about the faith, um, it's it's a person mm-hmm. talking. Um, it's, it comes from the Word, but that's just that's just part of expounding on the Word. Is is mm-hmm. God speaks uh, to us, and we talk we talk about it and discuss it, mm-hmm. and um, the idea of it only com- is. Only going back to the Word is great, and that, that's where we should be coming from. But uh, it's required for man mm. to kind of bring it out and talk about it and right. and
1: share it. And, and that just goes to show you that that is one of the reasons that people shy away yeah. from studying because it becomes this Gnostic thing where, you know, you're walking in the grocery store, you know, and the, and the Holy Spirit's showing you what cereal to buy or, you know— Oh, odd things, you know, that my wife, when we first got
0: married, uh, uh, some friends of mine, uh, we happened to come across and, and we weren't expecting to see them. And, um, I kind of went off me and the husband went off and I don't even remember what we did. We might've gone fishing or riding four wheelers or something. And, uh, my wife and his wife went to the store, uh, And they had been married probably four or five years, and we were newlyweds. And she she come back, and she's like, who are these people you just introduced me to? Because we were walking through Walmart, and she was uh, praying about which groceries to buy, talking about how she wants to be in God's will buying the right groceries. And I was like... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know how to answer that. Well you look at your budget yeah. for one. That's
1: how you be be a good steward. That
2: would be a good that would be a big part of it. what's wasn't our budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah, how that intertwines in uh it's just, just fascinating. And this idea of uh, being spirit led, you'd have a conversation at the office occasionally with somebody. And depending on your church background, that can mean a lot of different yeah. things. That can be a, like Jason, you were talking about uh yeah, do I buy this box of cereal or another box of cereal or whatever we had a I remember a fellow I was talking about he was wearing a blue shirt, and he said, "Well, the Lord told me to put this shirt on today, mm when I mean, people say those kind of things, the antennas kind of come up yeah. on my ears yeah. like now what does he really mean uh
1: do you I, think do you think that's um maybe uh I mean, I, I, I try not to judge people on motive, you know, but do you think to some degree that might be a display for folks to show how maybe spiritual they are or super spiritual? I
2: think, I think part of that is, you know, Yeah. it's almost ostentatious uh, in a way, but uh, how that integrates... Uh, I like Dallas Willard, uh, uh, who right. wrote *Spirit of the Disciplines*, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a philosopher, uh, theologian. Uh, he's deceased now to Southern California, which was, if you can be a, a a real believer and teach at Southern California, that's got to be a hostile yeah. environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was in a hostile mm-hmm. environment, mm-hmm. but uh, he made this comment. Obviously, he was talking about the Holy Spirit who who dwells in us. He's in us. That's unimaginable. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? The most powerful, I mean, it's the same power that raised Christ from the grave that Paul talks about in Ephesians 1. And then I'm interacting with him yeah. That's in, a, in, a, in a dynamic kind mm-hmm. of way. Uh, and we talk about the sovereignty of God. Does he really want me to buy this certain box of cereal? I don't know. But at the same time, <laughs> I interact with that. Yeah, I don't, you know, I personally don't think that way. I just go buy a box of cereal. I mean, I grabbed a shirt this morning. I said, yeah, that goes with these blue jeans I got on. So that works for me.
1: Yeah. And predestined for Cheerios. (laughs) Yeah, where's, I I mean, that's that's
0: a good, that's a, you know, kind of a thing to, a good thought and thing to ponder is where is that line? Um, Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like, I would, I would say, I I would be skeptical of saying God told me to wear this blue shirt. Oh. But uh but I do I do feel like sometimes the, the spirit moves and things like that when we don't know it. Are like we. <laughs> there could, we could have a a shirt that is maybe from some random uh surf shop company we bought at the beach. Mm-hmm. And we wear that shirt a certain day and the Lord brings us into a path and somebody says, Hey, when did you go there? And it starts a conversation. Yeah. And I said a, a, a kind of an example um of that. We we actually talked about this a little bit last night, um, several years ago. Uh this uh we had a, a guy come into come to visit the church who had been here before and um done a few things here in service and he came in and, and was just he was having a tough time at his church with his pastor and um, he was kind of dogging the pastor, and uh kind of got me in a corner, and I was a bit uncomfortable. He was just dogging the pastor and uh Larry, I don't know where Larry was at the time uh, you may have been in your office you you were not I there. wasn't in the sanctuary no. and we sit down for church and Larry preaches, and he preaches specifically on uh how you treating leaders in your church mm-hmm. and trust in leadership. Yeah. I mean, specifically the things the guy was saying. Yeah. And I, I feel confident in your preparation. You didn't have the Holy Spirit say, you need to say this cause so-and-so or this exact thing because yeah. of like, but he led you there knowing that mm-hmm. that, that, that was going to be so. And I say that just kind of, I guess to, to say uh, most of the time when the Holy Spirit leads us, mm-hmm. Or a lot of times we don't even realize that he's leading us or or the specific if that makes sense, like the blue shirt. Right. But uh
1: Yeah, but but even but, so in that leadership, it's not only about that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it hits them squarely, but every, the, the, like it, it hits. Yeah, you know, and I
0: guess kind of my Using that as an illustration is yeah. you didn't know that that nah, situation and that guy was going to be there with that situation. You were just preparing your sermon the way you felt led. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like a lot of times when the Spirit leads us, we mm-hmm. don't m- – really probably all of the times, we don't know exactly oh, no. why mm-hmm. or what he's leading us to do that. And sometimes we don't even know that he's leading us. Um, I'll
1: give you a kind of – But when a, we look
0: back, we can see exactly where his mm-hmm. hand was on it. It'd
1: be kind of a f- – comical example of of how the Lord work thing work, works things out. Um and I can tell you maybe why I think this happened. But uh, a friend of mine, um, Randall, who's uh he's a pastor over different same association with us but over in different county. I think it's different county. It's the same county. Roberts, Mark Robertsonville Smart County Smart County County. Um and so we have Spent some time fishing together, and so um, we had gone out together, and and I was throwing a topwater lure, Uh, one that I had painted myself. You know, I had had customed it and made it like I wanted it. What did it look like? Uh, It was painted like the uh, Wolverine (laughs) (laughs) comic book. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I painted it was yellow and put the yeah. So anyway, I'm throwing it. And a, a big, nice size striped bass <clears throat> hit the top, hit it, and broke me off. And I, so I lost my lure, you know. And I'm like, man, I've painted that lure, put new hooks on it. And, and so I'm bummed out, you know. So me and Randall come back a week later, and we're going towards the same place, just a little bit further down, and we're casting. And I look up on a stump, and I look over, and I see something yellow sitting there. I mean, take it, this is a, about a week later, and I'll look over. And uh, there's my lure sitting. We got close, I said, No, I can't be. Can't be. Got up on it and sure enough, just laying right on, on the on the stump with my lure sitting there. Huh. Now, am I saying that and <laughs> am I saying that's the sovereignty of, of God there? Could be. Um, but I'll tell you what it did do. Me and both Randall and, I and myself rejoiced over a stupid lure because we counted it as the sovereignty of God, but it brought us two together in fellowship. So I think sometimes yeah. the Holy Spirit uses things like that, even small things to bring us together um, in fellowship. Now I'm not, you know, would say that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe not, but I can tell you what it did do. It brought us, like I said, brought us together in, in some fellowship in that mo- mo- moment. And, and almost in that same moment, reminded me, even while we were fishing, God is sovereign, because my, mm-hmm. our minds are on, okay, we're going to throw up here, catch this, and, and sometimes we drift, our minds drift away from thinking of the things of God, and he's like, in the, even in these moments, he's sovereign.
0: So how do you deal with a day when you just don't catch nothing then? He's still sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> I have those days
2: a lot. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, while we're chatting here, that... that with regard to the Holy Spirit and and, and His influence, it's it's that kind of dynamic, intimate relationship. And, of course, the most intimate relationship that we know is in marriage that we experience. Mm -hmm. And I know I don't go around now. I mean, less than a month would be 54 years. I don't consciously think so much. Well, Jeannie would like that. No, she wouldn't like that. I've learned over 54 years what, Makes for a good relationship, mm-hmm. and I think we fall under the influence of the Holy Spirit as we know Him, as we study Scripture, and we don't go up there and say, "Hey, I need that blue shirt." We just go in there and yeah. pick a shirt. Yeah, I
1: that's mean, good. And, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's good, and that and that takes t- prayer preparation and know what the bible says about the holy Spirit.
2: absolutely it's a building process mm-hmm. it's a long long mm-hmm. long process
0: well uh larry we we've already uh, had a good conversation uh, uh thank you uh danny for being with us and and joining in on a good conversation already this morning i do want to take a moment uh, before we uh, continue talking uh, on our topic of uh, the doctrine of the holy spirit um, larry tell us about the coffee that we're going to that we're drinking and that we're going to review at the end.
1: Okay, this is Great Commission Coffee Company. Mr. Danny brought this to us to, to try. Um, this is from Silva, North Carolina. Danny, tell us a little bit about how you picked this up.
2: Well, this was, we were out visiting our daughter. Silva's is about an hour west of uh, Asheville. And there's a little, I call it a little hole-in-the-wall grocery store. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect them to have coffee beans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've been there before, and the coffee is pretty good. So I was picking this up and kind of sniffing, trying to get a little bit of the aroma. I said, that's, that's probably pretty good. And then I got to reading about it. And mm-hmm. this is great commission coffee. Yeah. And uh, they say on their packaging that any profits uh, they give to Global Missions. And they got a little mission statement there. I said, "Well, that'd be great to try." Yeah, and, certainly. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, so, it's greatcommissioncoffeecompany.com dot com is the roaster, but there are a few things on the bag that really stand out. So, one is the Great Commission, uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And then on the other on the other bind binder on the other side, I guess you could say, is uh, set in motion ministry. So. Uh, set in motion, it says, provides families living in poverty in rural uh, Latin, Latin America with Bibles and uh, discipleship bikes, tools, mm-hmm. and other provisions. And so it says its goal is to equip families to better meet the daily, need, daily needs and grow in their faith in Jesus Christ, experiencing hope and joy in new and refreshing ways. And so this is... Um, I am pleased to be able to uh, sample this today. Yeah, absolutely, um, sounds like a. It sounds like it's more than just um, a social gospel, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's doing good works with the intent of making disciples. And, and it
0: sounds like, like, like you said, it's more than just slapping a yeah. Christian logo on your uh, product. There's a um, yeah. There's a car wash, of all things, in Conway, South Carolina then on the sign it just says Christian car wash <laughs> and it has the uh I can't even say the word ich, ich, the Jesus oh, fish yeah, the f- thing on, on the thing sign is- and i mean you know i'm i'm not saying the people that run it are not believers or mm-hmm. wrong for doing that but uh they you know slap I, when i saw it i thought well they just slap that up there to get people to pull in and use their car wash yeah. but uh uh something like this we definitely can see uh See mm-hmm. examples of what what they're right. what they're doing. So that's good.
1: So that's good. I roasted this in our vacuum siphon um, bottled water, and I highly suggest that if you're if you live in well if you have well water or something like that. And so we'll talk about that as uh, we've been sipping on it throughout, and we'll kind of give it a review at the end. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we jump back in to looking at some scripture. Um, is a couple of resources. I've mentioned this one before. Uh, Chapter 31, I believe it is, in uh, R.C. Sproul's um, edition, uh, Everyone's a Theologian, an Introduction to Systematic Theology. Uh, This is a good source. Um, Really, this has become kind of the undercurrent of of our podcast. Um, Everyone's a theologian, from mechanics, right, from mechanics to doctors to dentists to pastors, of course, and, you know, that's the whole idea is taking theology, studying the deep current of theology, and then making it practical instead of just information. Um, So that's a good book. Everyone's a theologian, and that can be on, uh, you can find that on his website uh, or Ligonier Ministry. You can find it on Amazon, many other Many other places as well.
0: Most anywhere that you can get
2: a
1: book from. Anywhere you can get available. a book, yeah.
2: Larry. Uh, uh, maybe to refresh our memories, just get a little short uh, definition. What is theology? What are we talking about here?
1: Theology is just simply the study of God. If you theos being God in the Greek, and then your ology, you know the the study of something. Um, so you just it's the, basically the study of God and everything pertaining to God. So systematic would start with what we call theology proper, which was the actual study of God himself, his character, his nature, and then you kind of take that and umbrella it out. Sometimes people look at systematic theology in different ways, but we traditionally studied it from the study of God, and you work down to the nature of God, the things that he's created, um, angels, things like that, and then you work into the person of Christ, the work of Christ, and then the Holy Spirit, and you end with uh, eschatology. I mean, uh, yeah, eschatology in, in, in things. So theology is just basically study of God, and I, I believe that, um, uh, you know, the, the verse study, to show yourself approved, mm-hmm. kind of backs that up, you know, that we're all called to study of the things of God.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the key words in that verse is uh, rightly handling the word of truth, Mm -hmm. and that's why theology is important. Uh, Theology itself is the study of God, but we want to rightly know who God is and and rightly handle his word and rightly uh, serve him. And without theology, uh, you can't do that. Uh, a A lot of the things sometimes we talk about on here of, Uh, uh, practices that are kind of heretical or heterodoxical come from a lack of knowing theology knowing who God is what the Bible says or who he is So that's why theology is important Uh, especially in the world we live in today where there's so many voices and I tell my students this all the time there's so many voices telling you what's true and what's right and that changes every day, but uh, mm-hmm. God is, is 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 as the Word says the same uh, yesterday, today, and and tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, it's important to have a good, firm grasp and understanding of, of who God is, right. uh, so that we can relate and serve Him mm-hmm. uh,
2: rightly. So I'm hearing you guys say then the best source to know about God is the Scripture. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely, not experience. Yeah. which that really can. I think the reason I, I was thinking that line that really clouds our understanding of the Holy Spirit. People mm-hmm. go back to an experience that they've had, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, that, no and
1: violence. that's big. Like in um, like a, before mm-hmm. we say this, we have friends in Pentecostal and Charismatic, but that those denominations are really experience driven. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for a fresh new revelation, or God told me this, or that, or the other and i think why reformed theology is so um attractive i guess for for many is reformed theology has a good view on the depravity of man and when you think about um theology reformed theology would say we move away from all self-centered study of who god mm-hmm. is it's not about me okay because it's it's about him and and the sovereignty. And a bad theology of that would be self-centered, it's all about me. And so that's why I think Reformed theology, at least in the depravity of man sense, um, I'd say, you know, uh, of course I am an advocate of that, so I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that whole, um, we talk talking about experience over scripture, I'll give you an example of that, and I was talking a little bit off camera about this, but um, I remember getting a call from a person I won't say who it was, but they were having problems with um, being depressed all the time and um, just being tired all the time. You know, beside the physiological things that are happening in the body, my, my first question was Are you spending time in Scripture, in the Word, and are you praying? You know, and that's two things you, you want to talk to a person about as far as their spiritual walk with, with Christ. Are you spending time in prayer? Are you reading the Bible? No and no. And then the next verse, the next next thing they said was, if the Lord shows you anything, let tell me. So they wanted something above and beyond what right. the what the what the Bible right. says. So experience driven. So that kind of leads to the next question. All right. How do we respond to the Holy Spirit led me when somebody says that? And clearly it is against scripture. How do we? Respond to those people Now we talked about this Last night In kind of our meeting We had Truth in love How do we do that Wow (laughs) Somebody has an obvious You know They they say they're a believer You know But they have this, this The Holy Spirit led me To tell you this How do we respond to that Truth in love And yet Point them to scripture I mean how do we do that
2: Well yeah (laughs) <laughs> you, you can't. Is this, is, uh, does Scripture validate that? I mean, that's that's about. Yeah. How do you get someone that's, that's thinking that way? How do you change their thinking a little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to be a, a one line. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Well, I, I think. I mean, if you you take them to Scripture, you can do that without being uh, mm-hmm. unloving. Yeah. Um, just because something. Might be a little uncomfortable doesn't necessarily mean it's unloving uh somebody might perceive it that way uh but I think if you know if we take care to be as loving as possible, but to take them to the scripture um uh, I think we're doing what we're called to do on that and uh um the the question after that is what if they when you take them to scripture they still uh, mm-hmm. Hold to this unbiblical, and that's happened. Yeah,
1: that's oh, happened.
2: Yeah. yeah,
0: I know what that says, but yeah, and then, then, then you're you're getting into the sufficiency do, do, do of scripture. You, do you believe God? Do you believe that scripture is actually God's word? That it's, uh, you know, if you believe that it's God's mm-hmm. word and it comes from Him, and yeah. Scripture teaches us God's unchanging. He, he, you know, He's his, his 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 righteousness is is what it is, and it doesn't change, and so you, then you kind of it's, – it's difficult to go down that yeah. road with somebody. But I think most of the time, if you take people to Scripture, they might not write then and there mm-hmm. change, but mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, if if the person's a believer, the Holy Spirit will right. uh, work on their heart through mm-hmm. through the Scripture that you take them to. Right.
1: So when – when R.C. Sproul says everybody's a theologian, that's true, whether they are um, a scholar or not, and whether they are a believer or not. Because atheists have their view of who God is, mm-hmm. unbelievers have their view of who God is. Um, and sometimes people will latch onto something that they have heard on television. And they'll kind of make it, they'll adopt that as their own, the Holy Spirit, especially with the aspect of the Holy Spirit. You think of the Word of Faith movement, um, the whole, uh, you know, their inflated and over exaggerated view of the Holy Spirit that's unscriptural. Sometimes people will grab grab to those things. It makes me think of 1 John 4 1 that says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have uh, gone out into the world. How do how do we test the spirits? That's the that's the question there,
0: I
2: think.
1: Yeah, and that's what we just said. Is, mm-hmm, does yeah. It doesn't line up with the Word. Yeah. So. yeah,
2: and it depends. That's why it's so important. If you're a believer, uh, the church that you're involved in, it has to be biblically based, mm-hmm. sound teaching. Uh, there's so much misinformation uh, mm-hmm. in our world today, and it's so accessible, I mean, TV and now the internet, all those kinds of things. You have to be a very discerning, um, mm-hmm. or you'll, you'll you'll come up with some really heretical ideas. And Of course, Satan's working in our minds. He's trying to implant mm-hmm. that. That's that's why I appreciate Jason's work with with the young people. I mean, they are bar- that's a barrage, a barrage of information right. out there. Mm-hmm. And how do you ex- how do you deal? How do you explain to them that sounds good? Yeah. But it's just not true. It mm-hmm. doesn't line up with what Scripture says.
0: And regularly, regularly, yeah, not just with students, but with uh, uh, grown people in the church. But regularly, I hear false ideas about God. That, and sometimes I know exactly where they came from—from from something they've seen or heard on TV or on a uh, social media. And it's just regularly mm-hmm. just trying to bring it back to the word. Yeah. What does the word say? Yeah. And it's, you're right. It's to this day and age, but it's not just with young people. It's constantly we have all these voices uh, mm-hmm. speaking. Of, and that they like to, and I've, I've, been, I've said this forever, they like to, people like spiritual stuff.
2: Oh yeah, that draws attention. And
0: yeah. uh, um, because people like spiritual stuff, when they hear things about God or whatever, they'll listen but the problem with that is, if it's not biblical, uh, it can lead to to wrong thinking. Mm-hmm. And and uh, as long as you don't say the name of Jesus, you can talk about God all day long. Mm-hmm. So there's so much stuff out there.
1: Is that that uh, idea of right. God is a God yeah. disconnected with yeah. with humanity?
0: But I think that's a lot right. of that has right. you know it opens the door to wrong teaching because mm-hmm. when you when you start talking about jesus and you say the name of jesus uh people get offended uh they know they, it kind of narrows it down more to what you're talking about um, there's still a lot of wrong teaching about jesus as well but i think a lot of like the uh, cultural misideas about god mm-hmm. ha- have come from these more broad uh, mm-hmm. um, portrayals of who god is mm-hmm. in media and um, just in
1: society yeah you got the whole progressive movement now, too. Um, I, I haven't heard much on the Holy Spirit from the progressive movement. Most of it has no. been about the person of Jesus, yeah. uh, who uh, I even heard somebody say, I mean, it's been maybe a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus was non-binary, yeah. not male or female. Uh, there, was, <gasps> there was a church
0: somewhere... In the last month, somewhere in the United States, that they prayed to the God of the pronouns. Oh, <clears throat>
2: oh yeah, church uh, yeah. Is that start. church
1: is still standing. I'm surprised yeah. the Lord yeah. didn't bring they it did. down. It,
0: it's if I if I can find the link to it, I might. Uh. I don't even know if I want to put that in the well. description, but it it was it kind of went a little bit viral in the in the theological circles. Oh, just kind of saying where where have we come to where. Yeah. How did we get here?
2: That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're an unbeliever and you're inquisitive a little bit about spiritual things, about God, about Jesus, you've heard this tidbit, that tidbit. But when you look on the landscape of, quote, Christian, <laughs> it's yeah. so muddled it is. and so much stuff masquerading. That's yeah. anti Christian, really.
1: So, so that is we haven't talked about ecclesiology yet, which was, you know, just the church, the theology of the church, but that is kind of one of the dilemmas <coughs> that was faced with the the you know, as far as the advent of the Protestant Reformation is you had Catholicism very uniform, very this is what the Pope says, and everybody was in that everybody was on the same page versus the, the Protestant movement where now you have, yeah. you know, I mean, a branch of of congregationalists, uh, you know, a whole branch of different ideas. Not saying that the Roman Catholicism is, is right, um, but you, you can see kind of where uh, over church history where everybody, uh, not everybody, but there was a whole branch of different thoughts and ideas. So that was kind of the dilemma there, but... Um, I don't know where, as far as the modern culture, I really don't know where we've come, how we've got to this point. Um, and, I, and I do think in some way that our the advent of social media plays a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just,
0: I, I still think it mostly boils down to, at least in the American church, believers just aren't in the Word, don't know don't the know Word. They, they yeah. don't know what they believe. And... uh um, what was the verse that you used with that truth and love? Um, Ephesians
2: four. Or
1: yeah, or I think um, so. You talk about with the thing, yeah. being
0: swayed by every philosophy mm-hmm. and, and vain philosophy. Vain philosophy, and when you're not in the Word, that's that's what you're susceptible to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It talks about in Ephesians four right. fourteen about yeah. being tossed about, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's interesting the the verse that Larry uh, uh, referenced in First John. The first word is beloved. These are believers that John's yeah. writing to. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's the same root word for agape in that this unconditional I mean, love with legs kind of thing, um, love in action thing. So yeah. That's that's yeah. As far as as far as believers, like, I think I'm you know I I kind of would echo what Jason said that a believer who is has been uh, regenerate truly regenerate, you can't walk in unbelief and without the Holy Spirit uh, drawing you back to Himself and right teaching. Mm-hmm. You just you can't go on in wrong teaching perpetually mm-hmm. uh, without there being some calling out of that thing. So. All right, so let's uh, let's kind of think, look, think a little bit further. Um, we know that the Holy Spirit's not going to um, entice or move somebody to 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 take action that is unholy or unscriptural we talked about we've talked about that already lead to scripture. I remember um, somebody <coughs> talking about divorce one time and said, "Well, God told me to divorce divorce him ah. Uh. And uh, I said, well, where's that in Scripture? And so, you know, I don't think God would entice somebody to do something that is contrary to his word without... She just didn't didn't want to be in the marriage no more kind of thing. Um, But used God as kind of the crutch to say, he told me to. But um, it has been said that people who care about theology are not loving people. So I already mentioned truth and love. They say people who are theolo- the- theologians, and sometimes people who say they are Calvinist or Reformed in their theology with some mm-hmm. of their unloving people. They, I've heard that accusation ah. before. Um, and they would say that they care about the- They're not loving. They don't show love. And, um, and they would say they're more concerned with being right about something than they are with loving people. What do you say to what do you say about to a person that espouses that thought? I said, "Well, you're you you just care about theology, and um, you know you, you're not showing love. You just want to know about God. That's all you care about. Showing no love. What do you say to that?"
2: Well, I was playing golf with somebody one day that had not played very much, and I don't know if what you know about golf, but Jason, you would know this. If you hit the golf ball in the sand trap, the golf rules say you don't touch the ball, you don't move the ball, you don't take a practice swing and all of that. And this guy was over there taking a practice swing and this, that. And I just sort of gently said, you know, you can't do that in the sand trap. And he was offended. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) And...
1: Don't you know the? Don't you know the game of golf? Yeah, I mean, don't
2: you know the rules? I mean, is 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 that if you're going to do that, then is that really rules? I mean, so is is Christian living if it's not biblically based, is it really Christian living, or are we just Mm -hmm. trying to justify a tradition we have, or maybe something we heard? I mean, it's. But I agree with what Jason said earlier. When you, in that kind of conversation, you need to be loving and understanding. And let the Holy Spirit work. Yeah. Don't come down with a hammer. That's not going
1: to work. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah it's, I mean, and it is, it's another one of those things of just trying to be sensitive to how the Holy Spirit brings you to talk to someone about it. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes just when people are faced with things in their life, I mean, we all can kind of be this way. Things in our life that we need to be working on when it's revealed to us. It's not comfortable. True. We don't like it. And sometimes the reaction can be negative. Okay. And uh sometimes people never get past that negative reaction. And really that's just a uh an display of our sinful nature. The mm-hmm. you know, this we don't like to be told mm-hmm. when we're wrong, we don't like to be told when we need to adjust something in our life. But part of what the Holy Spirit does for the believer is uh, it helps reveal that to us mm-hmm. and grow us through it. And one of the things I, I talk about a lot in apologetics is uh, this is how we know. One of the ways, the practical ways, we can observe the truth of God's word uh, when somebody reads from pick your pick your uh, religious text. That's not Christianity, whatever it may be, whether it be the Quran, whether it be the writings of whoever, whoever religious leader of the world. When it's read publicly or talked about publicly, people take it or leave it. You know, it ain't no big deal. They read it. That's what you believe. Great, yep. whatever. You start reading from the Bible, and people get all bent out of shape.
2: Yeah, they get offended.
0: People get all offended. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Bible talks about as God's word living and active. Yeah, uh, It cuts to the quick, sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, the Spirit speaks through God's Word, mm-hmm. and it causes a reaction. Uh, you can't ignore it. You are going to react, and the two reactions are um, submission to God's authority uh, or rejection. And a lot of times rejection comes in anger, um, comes in uh Defensiveness. Well, you're just being unloving uh, to answer that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but even I think even sometimes believers, maybe who just aren't mature in their faith, will see will not get past that reaction of conviction, and they they kind of try to put it on the person who uh, is trying to help them lovingly, right. um, and they'll they'll say we well, they feel this conviction in their reaction is well you're just not you're you're being unloving. Instead of taking the time to say, well, maybe the Lord wants me to deal with this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, But I will say, I will say, not to dismiss. There definitely have been some abuses of, uh, of being so wrapped up in theology that that I hate to say, wisdom becomes your God because that's not wisdom, Mm. but. Thinking you're wise and and Mm -hmm. trying to know everything to puff yourself up can uh, can become an idol, and then when you put that on someone else, it can come across hateful Mm -hmm. um, and unloving. That's
1: kind of the motive, yeah. You know, so don't totally sweep that idea under the rug because there are there are folks who um, their motives for studying theology is so they can seem superior, smart, um, well-educated, you know, the Ph.D. hanging on my wall. Right. You know, why is my Ph.D. hanging on the wall? You know, that kind of idea. Well, I worked hard for that. You know, you may have worked hard. What's your motive for that? Um, Mm -hmm. And I've always gone back to the paradigm that orthodoxy, right understanding, right worship, leads to orthopraxy, so if I'm studying about God rightly and appropriately, as I should, it will lead to loving, a loving response. It will lead to that right practice um, of, but, of loving through teaching and truth and love, that kind of but idea. But
0: also, I think our idea in society of of being unloving and what is loving is skewed. Well, it's certainly uh-huh. changed. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it loving to... When you see a brother who is doing something or or living away or even just in a belief of Mm -hmm. something that is uh, harmful to them spiritually, is it loving just to ignore it and not not try to correct so that for their benefit, if you will? It's like parenting a child. Yeah. I I remember a few years ago, uh, I can't remember if I've shared this on the podcast. I, I think I have, but... Um one of our members, uh, he has two uh two sons that have come up through the youth group. Um he had read something in the paper about a uh meeting in Greenville, um uh, like a interfaith meeting, okay. um, saying that all faiths kinda come together and mm-hmm. believe the same thing and find our well you know, find our similarities and and uh it just bothered him. And he had said, he saw it had they had done it the year before and he thought about going and he didn't go. And then this time he saw it and he's like, Jason, I want to go and just, just stand up for God and for his word, but I don't really know how to do it. Will you go with me? And I was like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And the, that was, he asked me on a Sunday and I think it was Tuesday when we went and that whole day, Monday, I was just nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, debating is not my strong suit. I'm good. Like later, Right. I'm thinking of everything says so like, oh, okay, yeah.
2: I should have said, should've that. said
0: so. Like debating, in I clam up. So I was, you know, nervous about it and this and that. And uh, we get to it, and you know, I'm thinking this is in a college town, so it's going to be like people who are, you know, you always hear of like these, you know, I, I think back when I went to NC State and we had the Brickyard preachers who didn't necessarily preach sound doctrine to start with, and then the, all the students just constantly railing on them with mm-hmm. uh atheistic ideas and I'm like I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this but anyway we get there and it wasn't that at all it was mostly older people who had experienced uh a lot of them had experienced bad or had had bad experiences in the church and I mean there were a handful of just people who were just atheist but spiritual if that makes sense and uh it really, the programming of it, even though it was supposedly where all beliefs are coming together, it really, the programming was more, this is why you shouldn't believe traditional teachings of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And But they had a time where you could kind of, it was like a round table discussion and people were kind of telling what their beliefs were and why they thought this way. And I got the opportunity to talk a little bit and just something the spirit led me to was, you know, after all these people talked was, I'm sorry that you've had these bad experiences in churches. And, um, and from what I, these stories I've heard, these are not, um, experiences that have been led by God. Obviously, um, these are people who, Mm -hmm. um, in their own sinfulness reacted in certain ways. But here's what I want you to understand. If I believe, and I truly believe that anyone who dies not having submitted to Christ as Lord is headed for hell for eternity. If I believe that, uh, how is it hateful for me to try to express that to you so that you don't go down that road? Yeah. It's actually loving Absolutely. because I believe in my heart, I believe that everyone who leaves this earth without, without Christ is facing eternal judgment. And yes, Christ has called us to take that message, but also He's put a burden in our heart for for the lost, right. and and that's when you think about it that way that it's because we love you that we want to bring the message to you. I so said now now sometimes in practice, a lot of times in practice it it's we don't do it perfectly, and a lot of times people have abused that, and some of these stories mm-hmm. I've heard from you guys are examples of that. But when it all comes down to it, the truth of the gospel is loving. And you can see on some of their faces they had never even thought about it that way. Right. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but again, when 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 we're faced with someone confronting us over sin or wrong teaching, there's gonna be that initial discomfort. And mm-hmm. uh that doesn't mean it's unloving, if that makes
1: sense. Yep. That makes sense.
2: I was just thinking, uh, I, I was always just sort of looking at the Scripture a moment about how to approach someone in a loving way as opposed to, Larry mentioned, just knowledge. I know yeah. this, and you need to know that. And uh, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 8 says that knowledge puffs up, mm-hmm. but that love edifies. Yeah. And And here again, you're talking about are my comments to you, or am I genuinely, genuinely concerned about you, or am I trying to show you how much I know?
0: Right. Yeah. What's the motivation? Yeah, yep. yeah. 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 I think that, that's
2: key. Yeah. And of course, I agree that uh, when you first tell someone, like, you know, I think of, you know, child rearing and parenting, uh, most of the time when I corrected my children, they didn't immediately jump up and down and said, You're right, daddy. No, it didn't quite work that way (laughs) It took a little while for it to sink in Had to be a little dialogue uh, Or whatever Uh, So maybe that's the way it is When we are uh, speaking in love To our brothers and sisters in Christ It might take a little while for the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit to work In all of us
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think something that helps too As far as portraying Truth to people in love Is just to try to keep it Forefront in our mind that Without Christ's work in our heart, uh, we we're, we're all we we would n- none of us would understand right teaching and would ever have Mm-mm. any right practice. We would be as f- deep into a sin as we possibly could be without the work of Christ. And just remembering our own brokenness, it, it maybe would help us not to have an air of self righteousness. Um, but like again, there's just no perfect way about it because. Uh, we're just all our sinful reaction to correction is always going to start out with discomfort.
1: All right. Well, we forgot to do the, um, the quote of the day or who said it. Uh, so I, I didn't come with one. Um, Jason, you, you came with a, I got
0: one. I got two actually. Okay. Um, uh, the first one, uh, it's a quote that I heard somebody say one time. It says, uh, and this is talking about how, well, I'm going to say the quote. They could roll your sandwich in the dirt and give it to you, and you would be back there next week talking about Subway. <laughs> but let someone look at you wrong in the house of the Lord, and you vow never to come back. Who said?
1: My, <laughs> That Larry would be Stevens. Pastor Larry Stevens <laughs> <laughs> in
0: a sermon. He said that in a sermon one time. I made okay. a little, uh, oh. I made a little quote yeah. quote graphic. I, I put you. that okay. up. Okay. I'm talking about
1: how we show we show more grace to everything else than we do our brothers and sisters.
0: Right. Yeah. I do have right. an actual theological quote. Well, that's a theological
1: quote. Yeah, there's a lot of theology in that quote. All
0: right, here's one, and I think it fits with some of our conversation today. Um, God's grace is so powerful that it has the capacity to overcome our natural resistance to it. Well, I'm grateful
1: for that. Who said that? Mm. That sounds like a Spurgeon or a... I don't know. I don't know. RC RC R. C. said it. Yeah. You know, I think I saw I wow. think I saw it. It was in a um yep. uh, mm-hmm.
0: a little series of Yeah. like blog posts that uh he mm-hmm. was talking about reformed theology. Right. Uh, but uh I was think I
1: I think I just saw that this um either yesterday or this morning. It was a little mm-hmm. clip it of yeah. Wow. Mm. RC. Okay. Cool.
0: Do you have one, Danny? I don't know if Danny, did he mention it? No, he didn't mention I did that. Mention that. I, uh, he,
1: I didn't It escaped my mind. I didn't think of doing the today. Wow. I was going to try to pull up one from Back to the Future, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Okay. There's your Back to the Future quote. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's... Um, Let's, let's talk about the, the coffee a bit we've been kind of sipping on um, sipping on throughout the coffee. And uh, Jason, explain the, the way that we're going to rate this again. So right, yeah, we,
0: last episode we kind of put a little bit of uh, – uh, we defined our scale, if you will. We've been doing a five-point scale, um, and we added a zero to it, so a zero through five uh Zero, of course, would be the worst of the worst, the junk. We always talk about food line coffee there because we <laughs> reviewed a pre-ground food line coffee that was, was really old, and it, it was just not good. Uh, one would be— But one like day
1: the, one day we're going to redeem the food line. Yeah. Maybe we get a whole bean from there. We're going to try, try to redeem it.
0: One would be um, <laughs> like the cheapest or the the lowest of drinkable coffee. Uh, like dollar store, like something you get from dollar store. I wrote down here on my scale, uh, like the chock full of nuts. Cause that's what I always see at the dollar tree. Yeah. And like, if I had to have coffee, I think I've used that before I on a camping trip because mm-hmm. it was all that it was yep. and I drank it. The the food line was so bad. I would have just
1: not had coffee that day.
2: You, you would put uh, that um, in the undrinkable category if it was zero. Yes. undrinkable. you have to be zero. desperate.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. Now there's been some coffee that I've have dr- poured out because it's so bad but um
0: one is just the cheapest of drinkable two would be like your your basic brand name coffees mass-produced Folgers Maxwell House that kind of stuff Uh, three would be better than Walmart or grocery store coffee like a specialty coffee that you could probably get at the grocery store Um, but it's mass-produced maybe like a black rifle or something like that, that is definitely a step up from your mm-hmm. traditional, just basic house blend coffee, but it's still mass-produced. Uh, four is going to be a more specialized, like it's definitely premium. Mm-hmm. And then five is best of the best, which we haven't had one of those yet. We've had some that were really close. Mm-hmm. I think we just scared to say five because...
1: <laughs> I haven't had yeah. something that's like, Ooh, you know, like yeah. <laughs> with the light shining down, mm-hmm. you know, like this is... Touched by the hand of God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, Great Commission coffee, and you can add a.
0: This is uh, also the Alberto Moreno blend from Great Commission, and it's from the beans are from Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Colombia.
1: Yeah. So is that a? You think that's a blend?
0: It says it's a blend, okay. and it's uh, <clears throat> it says crisp, subtle acidity with. A hearty body and dark roast, uh bitter sweetness. And acidity when you talk about coffee th- isn't about acid, it's about flavor. The more flavorful mm-hmm. it is is mm-hmm. when they when you hear a coffee is acidic, that's what they're talking about.
1: Right. Right. Well, um out of five, and you can go in between two, like a half. Oh, right. You know. <clears throat> okay. Um you said you had a number. What what was your number? I would
2: I would put that into three and a half toward four. Yeah. It's not over the top. Uh and it's it's a really value of coffee. I mean, it's it's right. not quote mass produced. That's a small little roaster. But yeah, three and a half yeah. to toward toward the four category for me. Mm-hmm.
1: That's where I'm at too. Yeah. Drinkability, very it was very good. Um you know, I, you you definitely can tell it's Nicaragua that that region. Uh, you def, definitely get that the kind of earthy, yeah, taste um, in there. Which I mean, I, I found it to be right at that close to close to four, um, basically because I'm biased to it being great commission coffee. But <laughs> yeah, that does that <laughs> does uh,
2: prejudice us a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I, I would give it a three three and a half. Um, it's better than it's better than what we've had from the only three i really think of is black rifle mm-hmm. cuz we've we've tried that several times three and it's four, better four. to me than that and it may just be the the roast level the black rifle is a bit too dark uh, for mm-hmm. my for my liking um but uh i mean I, I it's not where it's like man that's excellent like we had mm-hmm. with uh Was Elixir and Onyx, but it's definitely. Mm But with
1: those, but with those, you're talking twenty dollars a bag. Yeah,
0: yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Mm. and
1: like with Resurrection Coffee, that that kind of started us on, you know, the grinding your own kind of trail. The Resurrection Coffee, if I was to rate it now, would probably be four point five. Yeah. Yeah, I would put
0: Resurrection and Elixir and Onyx at four point five, mm-hmm. but this one is is in the neighborhood of four, three and a half, four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I for me, just my personal liking, I don't do as well with blends. Uh, I th- I just tend to like one that's a single bean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but but for a quality or for a quality value. You said it just was in a local grocery store. That's a local grocery store. Yeah. That's as good as you'll get. uh, Yeah, from Silva, North Carolina. It's as good as you'll get, picking it up off a shelf, Yeah, especially at a grocery store. You might could get something a little fresher off of a shelf at a coffee roaster. I remember a grocery
1: grocery chain, kind of like a Whole Foods or something, where you would go and you would um, scoop out your own beans, that kind of thing. Right. Like in a vat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And
0: this says it was roasted on... uh, April 6th, so it's about a month, yeah, a month about, old, yeah. but that, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. You're not going to go in many grocery stores and find something that, mm-hmm. that fresh. No, All
2: right.
1: no. All right. Well, thank you, Danny, for joining us. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, it's been, it's been a good conversation. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube and you want to, to follow the podcast, I'll get Jason to put the, uh, the link to that at the bottom so you can follow us on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Uh, you can. Those are the two main places you can find us. It's just if you want the audio, and obviously if you're here on YouTube, well, you've already found us. So, anyway, uh, join us next time for episode number seven, uh, season three, uh, Covenant Theology. God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us, and we hope today's discussion has encouraged and challenged you. Please join us again next week as we discuss biblical truths over a fine cup of coffee.